1: Good morning, fresh start Friday listeners. Thanks for your company this morning, and, uh, and yeah. good
2: morning Wednesday morning listeners.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, there it is. well done, Carl. Just in advance, this is Carl and and Grant. We're here till nine o'clock with uh, some tunes and some talkies.
2: And today we and feature the second show out
1: of fifty-three about progressive rock. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to... T- no, no, no. That no, no. that would need to be a, an actual, you know, paid show. Yes, no. yes, yes, of course. Carl. I
2: jest, I jest. I it's early in the morning, cruelly early, as we <laughs> always say. And I'm feeling it this morning.
1: Indeed. But the first um, song
2: will always spark me up.
1: Will it now? Okay.
2: After the weather, of course. <laughs> Whether you oh, like yeah. it or not.
1: Weather. We do have weather, and um, hey look, we're being brought to you by the GB Weekly, your fantastic newspaper for Golden Bay, the only one to look at, well there is only one, and uh, (laughs) um, we've got uh, um, a couple of interviews later, Uh, I think Tim King, our mayor, is going to be calling in at some point. Busy as he is, and uh, we will be having a chat to him. Um, I haven't even told him what we're going to be talking about yet, but that's okay. He'll 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 wing it. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys always wing it. It's quite good. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got um, then we've got uh, um, Sherry Chubb from as uh, Federated Farmers here in Golden Bay. One of the farmers, anyway, because there's been some uh, fantastic. Um, uh geochemical soil studies happening here in the bay and we'll talk about that a little bit later it's probably around 8 30 after she's out of the milking shed but yes the weather of course here we go blenheim good morning to you folks nice to have you with us your company today Uh, it's going to be partly cloudy today one or two afternoon showers light winds and afternoon northerlies. Uh, northeasterlies actually, uh, 24 degrees. And um, Saturday is going to be fine with light winds, Sunday fine with northwesterlies and partly cloudy with light winds on Monday. So that's a, a quick and easy one for you. Um, and we move across to uh, Nelson. Good morning to you. Morning cloud today with early shower, then fine, chance of afternoon or evening showers And southwesterlies, 25 degrees. Saturday is fine, southwesterlies turning northerly for a time in the afternoon. Sunday is partly cloudy with westerlies and Monday is a few showers with westerlies. And uh, Motueka is today, morning cloud with early shower, then fine, southwesterlies, 26 degrees. And Saturday's fine, southwesterlies turning northerly for a time in the afternoon. Sunday's partly cloudy with light winds, and Monday is fine with southwesterlies. Looks pretty good for the rest of the week too, actually, um, just for the top of the south here. And last but certainly not least, Takaka. Good morning to you. 24 degrees today with cloud and isolated showers this morning, then mainly fine. Possible afternoon or evening shower westerlies. And fine tomorrow, Saturday, south westerlies turning northwest for a time in the afternoon. Sunday's cloud increasing with isolated showers developing in the afternoon, westerlies developing in the morning. And a few showers clearing to fine westerlies developing. And... Um, <coughs> place of the week this week is well Banks Peninsula which is probably Akaroa um if you're heading to Christchurch in Akaroa um Mainly fine today. Isolated showers developing late morning. Clearing early afternoon. Southwesterlies turning easterly by this afternoon, then dying out. And um, Saturday in Akaroa, fine. Northwesterlies turning north-easterly for a time in the afternoon. And Sunday is fine with northerlies, in Akaroa. And um, also for the peninsula, mostly cloudy on Monday with a few showers. Clearing to fine later. Fresh southwesterlies turning lighter easterly
2: <clears throat> Those temps are still up for the yeah. last week aren't they oh, sort of yeah. slowly moving down to the low 20s but
1: mid to low yep absolutely well,
2: We've got a scorcher coming up this weekend So
1: Make the most of it it's the 10th of March today that's uh, wild food weekend we down on the west coast too. Oh right, Hoki yeah. yeah, so if you're going down, I should have said the weather for Hoki I never thought of that till the second Hoki then Then um, you know, go on down and enjoy eating weird stuff. <laughs> it should be the Weird Food Festival, I think.
2: Actually, I know I know the guy very well who organises that. He's Wellingtonian, really lovely guy, Billy Manson.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I played there a few times, quite a few times actually, and um, we busked on the street in the evening and made copeless amounts of money because people were drunk and just had pocketfuls of and they threw at our hat. <coughs> it was easy busking. Excellent, I love yeah. those results. Oh, look, you know, six or seven hundred dollars <coughs> for an evening's busking is not bad, eh?
2: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That is really good.
1: Yeah, and for free food at the cafe. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Couldn't do better. Anyway. um so yeah we're going to carry on with a bit more prog rock and then if we're lucky if it all works out okay i don't know if it will but we've got uh we've got a bit of uh hope music to come afterwards but um yeah songs of hope and um, if it doesn't come this week It'll come next week Based on these volatile times we live in Yes, living in hope But um, this is, this is um, a New Zealand band I played it last week But a whole different song Same album But uh, this is Ragnarok um, from Auckland And um, this is called Raga By Ragnarok
2: It's a very good Raga Festa.
1: It is, eh? A nice way to
3: start so the morning. So do yoga
2: to that.
1: Oh, definitely. Um,
3: yeah.
2: Um, probably Limber up
1: those limbs. Yep. Here's Wishbone Ash from their album, Argus. It's called Blowin' Free. by wishbone ash uh for August album and um yeah um that's the sort of song you definitely play for um when you're uh trucking along and um getting going in the morning and dancing yeah yeah, yeah it's a great track
2: yeah yeah
1: mm. yep so um <clears throat> and uh Here's um, minor turbulence. There's sort of a the theme there, isn't there? Blowing free and minor turbulence. I wonder if you can yes. guess what it is. Anyway, this is Tangerine Dream. Um, and, um, yeah, minor turbulence. You're listening to Fresh Start Friday with Ground and Cow. Carl's broken his microphone and um, I'm just going to um, tell you a little bit about um, Minor Turbulence by Tangerine Dream. It came out probably in the 2000s or thereabouts, uh, the music of Grand Theft Auto it was used for so and um game, it? and that was the uh, it was a video game and um oh, okay we'll give you some yeah i yeah. can i'll fix it after this <laughs> so after um, this message t- t- tell us about tangerine dream you've been looking in the encyclopedia yeah, very, of rock. Yeah, we have
2: this great book MME. of grants here the illustrated new musical express encyclopedia of rock which you sort of don't want to touch because it's falling apart <laughs> but um tangerine dream i had no idea there were I, used, I liked them quite a lot when I was younger, but mm. they are a German band. and they, had, but they um, didn't hold that against them. No, no, I, I just simply <laughs> didn't know they were European. No, I know. But they, uh, the three original members, all, one played guitar and synthesizers, one keyboards and synthesizers, one drum and synthesizers. And then they decided for their second album they were going to abandon all conventional instruments, and they hired another synthesizer player.
3: No, Four. brilliant.
1: Okay, and they're still going. Yeah, yeah, believe it or not, yeah. which is pretty, pretty cool. It is, you know, and and you're right. It did sound a little bit like craftwork. Um, yeah, yeah, it must be that, that sort of electronic similar, yeah. advancement. Oh, there's another, there's another Swedish band. I'll see if I can find it during the uh, next song. Um, Ralph Ludston and his Andromeda All Stars, Swedish. Well, wow. same sort of uh, thing. I'll find it. I've got some Sounds of this music anyway, but but just just to go and this is <laughs> maybe this is German too. I don't know. Um, this is um, Van der Generator. Generator. Um, the song is called Theme One, and it's the Prawn Hearts sessions. Yeah, there you go. Prauna. I don't know, us, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, actually. Anyway, look, um, this is, yeah, Vandegraaff Generator. We'll find out where these guys are from and see if I can find you. Ralph take... Ludston and his Andromeda All-Stars. Excellent. I'm going to have a punt at Dutch. Okay. Yeah, right, okay. Here we go. you go vandegraaff generator with theme one original mix yeah and um whoops that'll be that'll be our mayor so i'm just going to play a quick song and um we'll um, have a talk to him there's the flower kings
4: As you answer drums of war, with a lullaby when battlefields, they come alive You know you cannot hide But he knows your fears Is the man inside
1: go desolation road by the flower kings a uh, bit of prog rock there of difference now Ka- um carl yes vandagraph generator, generator please.
2: an english band strangely an english
1: band okay yeah. all right and uh, anything a else about them? in sight uh,
2: no i didn't get that far because um we were about to uh talk to mr king so, right
1: yeah. yes exactly so on the line good morning um tim Mayor of Nelson, uh, Tarkic, uh Tasman! Oh, crikey!
0: <laughs> Mayor of Nelson, Tarkic, here in Tasman. Now so. you've got the
1: all the port. Yeah, yeah, sure. watch out. We'll give you Benham in a minute if you're not careful. Oh, look,
0: there, there must, there's a giant conspiracy around amalgamation. That's what it is. Oh, it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it will happen. But um, look, um, <laughs> um, how are you anyway? How's, how's your year? We haven't spoke to you this year. How's, how's your summer been?
0: Oh yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a strange, uh, kind of a strange year really. So um, it's actually raining here right as I speak. So summer's kind of been a bit on and off, hasn't it? So we've had some some nice periods and um, quite hot and then quite a lot of rain. It's very green for this time of year, certainly over this side of the hill. Um, and then obviously in other parts of the country that's, that's turned into a much more destructive kind of weather pattern. So as we've seen with the recent cyclones... Uh, up north, which fortunately as a region we were spared this time. So.
1: Yes, we were for a change, which is good. Um, but, you know, um, our council has um, looked at the other regions up there. We've adopted another region um, uh, over this, haven't we?
0: Yeah, so Far North District Council. Um, yep. So Local Government New Zealand actually put together the Adopter Council program, which I think is actually quite, you know, quite a, um, a good approach. So we're just encouraging people, if you are looking to donate support um, you know, consider the far north. We know that obviously people and businesses may have connections in other parts of the North Island, and and if people donate into those places, that's absolutely fine. But you know, if you are thinking of donating or wanting to help, then um, yeah, we're looking to support the far
1: north. Yes, it certainly it certainly um, covered well, probably the top half of the and the east coast of the North Island. It's it's been a major one. We're very lucky, aren't we, to to have missed it this time? But what what would happen if we were? Um, you know, our resilience, our, our, how, how, how do we look at this sort of stuff? How re- ready are we?
0: Well, look, I think it, it's, a, it's a really sobering uh, reminder that New Zealand is subject to so many of these sort of events, has been throughout our history, um, and we've had some significant events over the last kind of five to ten years. But they've all been relatively isolated in terms of the impact on the region. Uh, so Fahey and Gita was quite confined to the kind of Golden Bay, uh, Marahau, um, and coastal areas. Uh, and then, um, obviously, the recent floods in Nelson and into Marlborough, again, it impacted a relatively small part of our region. Uh, I guess what this is a reminder of is that if we had one of these cyclone events or similar weather events that impacts right across our region, as it did in many of the regions in the North Island, the scale of the destruction and the damage and the challenges are just you know, um, considerably greater. Um, And it's not something that hasn't happened before in our region, and it's almost certainly something that will happen again at some point. Uh, So it's a reminder, I guess, to everyone individually to have a plan, uh, to think about your own location, where you live, what the sort of impacts might be on you. Uh, One of the very early lessons that seems to have come out of this is... um, it's not a new lesson, is make decisions early. So if you are concerned about where you live, the potential impacts of something like a flood event, rainfall, cyclone, like leave early. I listened to someone interviewed the other day and they said, oh, you know, it wouldn't have made any difference to the damage to our property, but we wouldn't have spent six hours sitting on our roof with our three kids wondering whether we were actually going to make it out of this at all.
3: Right, um, good
0: point. If we decided to go and stay <clears throat> with our grandparents and, you know, somewhere else. Uh, for, you know, for 24 hours, so it's I think those sort of things yep. um, on a personal level, uh, and and knowing the history of where you live, one of the other things is a lot of these places that have flooded, have flooded historically in, so, in some cases very significantly Esk Valley probably being the, the poster child for historical flooding events um, and so understanding it is where you live, where you've moved to, talk to your neighbours talk to people who've been there a long time um, so that you're prepared yourself and then the other thing is obviously the preparedness of civil defence, councils, um, infrastructure, which again is something out of this event. Uh, there's a whole review going into flood protection, you know, roads, resilience, the type of infrastructure we build, where we build it. Um, and, and I suspect we're in a similar position to everywhere else in the country. You know, We've got some pretty resilient infrastructure and, and lots that in this sort of event would never stand up to it and probably can never be designed to cater for an event this
1: week. That's very true, especially Takika Hill. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> yeah. for, forestry Slash has been sort of um, bantered about a lot, and yep. I'm just wondering, you know, we, we are and we, we do have the um, capacity to uh, make the regulations around um, uh, forestry. Yep. And um, do you think that's going to change now?
0: Well, I, it'll be very interesting to see what comes out of the inquiry that the government's launched. I mean, obviously, we've had... Um, uh, not as significant an uh, impact, but certainly during Fahey and Geeta, the issue of forestry slash particularly on separation point granite mm-hmm. in our region, so the area in the uh, kind of western Moraweka and down through Marahau out Terry in that area. Yep. And the National Environmental Standard for Plantation Forestry does enable tighter regulation in some uh, circumstances, including in that area. So there's a lot of work going on uh, and has been, and the forestry companies themselves that operate in those places have done a lot of work, particularly around Marahau, taking some areas out of um, plantation and put them into native plantings, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So there is quite a bit of work going on. I would hasten to add that it isn't just forestry slash. Um, that is certainly a component of the, the issues. But in these sort of events, as in Cyclone, here and Gita, pretty much every type of land use ended up sliding off the hill. Yeah. And, and often that involved standing vegetation, which by the time it travels down a hill, through a river and out to the coast, gets smashed up, bashed up, and turns into a similar thing to Slash.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: um, I think the other thing to point out, we actually, in this region... There's some quite good practices that have been done already in terms of a lot of the forestry slash in this region is trucked or shifted away from the sites that it's processed on and put into locations that are you know, separated from and not at risk of. Um, so I think to some extent we're ahead of the game than perhaps some other parts of the country. But there's always improvements that can be made. So I guess we'll wait and see what comes out of the inquiry.
1: Yeah, I think part of the inquiry will be about water, of course. And um, three waters comes to mind because we've got, um, I mean, you know, you've got beaches in Auckland you couldn't swim in after their flooding event. Um, none of the beaches because of toxins and um, all the water that comes down and and, and, and mixing with contaminants such as sewage, and cetera. Um is this, a, is this a good argument to actually really look at this stuff well, and is Three Waters going to help cover this?
0: Oh, look, I, I certainly think it's, a, it's another reminder that uh, investment in infrastructure is absolutely crucial and that collectively um, across the country we've fallen behind that investment um, over the last 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, whether Three Waters is the answer... Um, I think there's an open question yeah. uh, and even the government I think at this stage is kind of at least revisiting some of the details around that programme uh, but certainly something needs to be done differently in order to ensure that those investments and in infrastructure are kept up. Uh, I, I think the key thing that you touched on is that although this all started off about water, the, the biggest challenges are actually wastewater and stormwater and the combination and management of the two together. Um, So a lot of the most significant costs will come in those areas as opposed to um, the supply of um, fresh, potable, good-quality drinking water. (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely we need to do something differently. Um, I think Three Waters has some good um, components to it. Uh, It's also got a lot of, um, I guess, over-complexity and some very challenging details, particularly around funding, financing, charging, uh, et cetera, that we've recently I was the, presenting to the Select Committee in Wellington last week on our concerns around uh, a lot of the details contained in the second bit of legislation that covers uh, three waters. So, it'll, again, we're waiting and seeing what the government comes back with in terms of their review. We obviously have seen the, um, the opposition's proposal, which I think probably goes a bit the other way, far too simplistic and probably doesn't address some of the Mm. core issues around funding and affordability. Um, And somewhere, not entirely surprisingly, somewhere between the two approaches is probably where we need to land to get the best outcomes with the least... Complexity and the maximum amount of local input and influence in the system.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, I'm I'm part of uh, trust, and um, we've got this idea within the trust. It's only a small aspect of it. It's called purpose owned purpose owned companies. I don't know if you've heard of this this term.
0: I I haven't heard of it, Graham. Okay.
1: So in order to enable the model, um, it's basically philosophically purpose owned companies sit between for profit and not for profit and they enable the funders slash owners to receive a tidy return for the business efforts. Um, This is decided when the company is set up, but above the money generated from the business goes back to, to the support of the purpose. And, um, you know, so, so it's, it's putting money back. So you um, you might cap it at a hundred million bucks as a, as a, as a profit for a water company or a, the water. And then the money goes, the, anything over that goes back. So it's not as shareholder driven. And maybe something like this needs to happen to, to make it for, for, for companies like water and electricity and that sort of thing. Maybe that's a, a, a model that could be um, looked into.
0: Yeah, but I think the the, the issue with three waters is, well, not so much whether they'll make a profit because they're going to be effectively still publicly owned, in inverted commas. Yeah, Um, (laughs) French. um, And they'll obviously need to make a surplus insofar as more than they 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 they, spend. That's fine. But they won't be profit-making, in a sense. And I guess you could argue that there is a very strong purpose, i.e. the provision of clean water, wastewater, and at an affordable price two New Zealanders, so, um, but I think the concept, and it's I think there's something similar. I actually listened to a presentation at a conference a few years ago from a, a water business, a bottled water company in Australia, who you know it's run as a business, but all of their profit and in inverted commons goes back to, um, uh, I, I guess, community good or community um, benefits, as yeah. opposed to into shareholders' pockets as. Um, as returns, so yeah, I think I think there's a there's a lot of concepts that can work in this space, and um, that may be may well be one of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just a th- I just threw that in randomly. <laughs> um, so we've got the um, and, and speaking of all this this sort of stuff, we've got the long term plan coming up this year um, with council, probably councils all over New Zealand. We have to submit our long term plan. Um, is that process going to be different this this time than other other years?
0: Um, different in the sense, so similar in the sense that it has to follow the same statutory, you know, process yep. that it always has. It's going to be fundamentally different from a couple of perspectives. The biggest single one is we are required to produce a long-term plan that doesn't contain three waters assets. Um, so, so that is going to fundamentally change the look and shape of what the long-term plan looks like for us, because that's a very significant part of what we do as a unitary authority.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, so, that is, so again, that is the current situation, uh, depending on what happens with the government's review. <laughs> we'll wait and see. Um, but that's a, going to be a very significant change. So obviously that'll very much change the, the balance sheet, the assets, debt, etc., etc.
1: So the question would be, so, then, if, if, we do, if we do do it without the um, water assets yep. within it um, and the government does change and, and, and <laughs> it's thrown out, we've got a, Excellent a question. 10-year plan. with. <laughs> you see where I'm coming from. I do. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: it, a, it makes it massively challenging because yeah. obviously we have to have a discussion with our community over what we do, mm. uh, what we are intending to do for the 10 years. If you don't have those assets in there, then that provides some scope albeit I have to haste to add, people are still going to be paying for those services. They've just been paying someone else. So it's not like the council can then take that debt headroom or the the fact that we're no longer um, directly charging rates, although we may well be collecting them on behalf of the new entity for a considerable time. Um, We can't just then go, oh, my goodness, that gives us space to do X, Y, and Z, because people are still going to be paying for those other services. They're just going to be paying that bill to someone else so so it is it is going to make it particularly challenging in in the uncertainty that that creates yep. um, so that 's one thing, and I guess the other thing that we 're looking to try and do differently, which we 've looked to do differently every time we 've done this, is quite how we go about the engagement process and trying to get more people engaged interested you know making a contribution particularly early in the process when it 's still possible to you know kind of Influence it. By the time you get to the end, um, so, much, so much has gone into kind of setting out the, the priorities and the costs and how it all works. It's much harder to change at the end of the process than it is to influence at the beginning. So again, there's a bit of thought going into how that may or may not work. Um, and before that, we've got the annual plan, which is going to present massive challenges just in the, the pure sense. If you look around the country at the sort of rate increases that are being proposed right around from regional councils through to city councils, you know there's a lot of a lot of rate um, increases that are you know much higher than have been you know, historically the case, maybe for the last ten years, driven primarily by inflation.
1: Yes, that's definitely so, one. That's definitely one thing. But then if we have a if we and I'm going to go back harping on this a bit but I'm going to go back to the um, disaster zone yep. and um, if we ended up like Hawkes Bay and um, losing a lot of our farming and our soils um, silt over the farms over the orchards and we're pretty we're pretty strong with um, orchards and horticulture around here um, in Tasman and um, you can't insure against that stuff, so who pays for it? And is it the council? Is it government? I mean, they're giving some money at the moment, but I don't know if it's enough, and how how does that work for us? So
0: there'll there'll never be enough money um, to to pay for everything that happens in an event like this. Mm. So a combination of insurance, the government, and, and councils will bear the brunt of all of those costs. So it's replacing infrastructure. Uh, if it's council infrastructure, obviously they will have to pay a fair share of that. Um, the government will contribute a significant amount, obviously, for their own infrastructure in terms of state highways, etc., um, and and a significant contribution towards local infrastructure, and then insurance and the sort of relief packages the government's proposed. But um, in these sort of events, as in even in the smaller ones, it's very um, it's un, unlikely that. There's money to kind of just recompense everybody for everything that, that it costs, and it's just an unfortunate fact of these sort of events. Yep.
1: The insurance companies are really, in New Zealand anyway, are really just agents for you know Lloyds of London, et cetera, et cetera. and so we yeah, get that are, big influx of overseas money coming absolutely.
0: in. Ultimately, there are only a couple of underwriters yeah. that underwrite the entire yep. insurance industry um, yep. all the different companies that you see yeah, that's right, behind them there are only a couple of significant reinsurers yep.
1: so, so that offshore money comes comes in which is a good boost for us as an economy in New Zealand but within the within the infrastructure of New Zealand it's just going around and around and so it, it does actually make it very difficult and does add to inflation doesn't it?
0: Oh it will, uh, I mean, yeah. inevitably uh, mm. disasters unfortunately are significant drivers of well, well fortunately and unfortunately significant drivers of economic activity. The, mm. the money that needs to be spent to rebuild you know, Hawke's Bay, Gisborne, Far North Auckland, etc. Um, will, will absolutely um, yep. impact on inflation. Today. And we're,
1: we're all going to pay for that, which is fine, but it's just what happens, right? Yeah, and Unfortunately, it is. Yeah. And
0: if you look around the world, inflation has been stubbornly high now mm. um, and not coming down as perhaps fast as perhaps people had anticipated it doing. Um, and I suspect New Zealand's going to end up in that same position. So it's an issue we're going to face for probably, well, certainly for the next couple of years, I Yeah, so.
1: well, interestingly enough, Tim, um, you may or may not know, I've got this gallery in Takaka selling art, and I haven't noticed um, a drop in sales this year, which is, in fact, of it's higher than usual, higher than average. So um, I think either people are investing in art or, or <laughs> they're just putting their head in the sand and buying it anyway.
0: Well, it's, and again, I guess it depends. <laughs> Depends on what your market is mm. um, and who it is you're selling things to, because like all, like all of these kind of economic things, it impacts some people much more than others. Uh, and I suspect a lot of people buying art at your gallery are you know, perhaps somewhat insulated from the mm. direct impacts of inflation, must, um, yeah. and it tends to really hammer those lower income, lower to medium incomes. Um, a, a lot of Whose expenses are literally kind of day-to-day expenses and not uh, not avoidable, not choices.
1: Yeah, what's the um, what's the demographics of of um, of uh, uh, Tasman for for that um, uh, socioeconomic economic uh,
0: Well, again, it's it's kind of a very two um, overall. If you average things, we're one of the lowest average household incomes in New Zealand um, as a region, and that's largely because. Um, our predominance of primary industries yep. and a lot of our jobs are in, in primary industries. That said, um, we also have a fairly significant um, number of, of reasonably well-off people as well. So it is quite an interesting mix. Um, but if you take the averages around household income, average wages, um, productivity, we are very much at the lower end of, of New Zealand. So, yep. which is we quite a difficult thing to explain when we're trying to pitch for funding <laughs> in Wellington because people's perception is precisely the opposite. Yeah. So, yeah. the statistics tell you that we are low income, um, low household income, low average wages, low productivity. The perception of Nelson and Tasman is, is certainly not that. It's, it's exactly the opposite, and mm-hmm. that, that's actually a difficult True. thing to reconcile when you're mm-hmm. talking about trying to get funding or support or assistance.
1: That's a really good point, and um, good to know. Actually, um, I didn't I didn't know that. And just on that, though, um, we're still expanding and growing, aren't we, um, in Tasman, especially around yeah, Richmond?
0: I, I, so they're one of the, I guess, yeah, Command we are ribs. also yeah. one of the fastest growing and have been for the last five, seven years behind Auckland, the fastest growing place in the country, collectively Nelson and Tasman, and a lot of that is in Tasman. So, yeah, I mean, this, this is the, this, there's very much two sides to these things and um, that growth does kind of mask or hide the fact that a huge number of people who already live here and are trying to, whether it's buy a house or, or all those other things or just live day to day, week to week, um, are not earning the sort of money that it might be perceived when our average house price is you know, eight hundred thousand yep. dollars plus, and we're growing as rapidly as we are,
1: I hear talk of um, you know, over the gentry are moving in, which which is yeah, yeah, not maybe not maybe what we want because a lot of the people who, who are coming in with that sort of money, they don't need to actually work and they don't contribute in the same way to our economy.
0: Well, again, uh, there's no there's no rule about no. you know. Um, and and to be honest, there's nothing we could do to you know, kind of change that anyway. It's a very popular place to come and live. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the people who do choose to move here and make a choice, whether that's from other parts of New Zealand or from overseas, are uh, you know choosing to come here. And many of them actually do contribute in a, in a myriad of ways. A lot of them will start businesses. They might invest in existing businesses. Um, they, yeah, so they're involved in our communities in a whole lot of ways. Um, and and I, yeah, so I don't I don't think there's a rule that's people who come here with money don't necessarily contribute (laughs) because they don't have to work Um, and increasing and different parts of the district attract different people for different reasons
1: yeah that's Uh, just the perception uh, so sorry (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, i think i think you're right i think the Mm. perception may well be that i think the reality is we're actually pretty fortunate to be able to Mm. attract um you know a range of people to to here and as we all know there's still a massive shortage of people to do all the things we need done. So mm-hmm. I, I have barely talked to any industry in the region who isn't desperately looking for workers mm-hmm. right across the board. And that's not just, you know, apple pickers and uh, forestry workers or, it, you know, it's right through construction um, and, and even to places like um, Cawthron or cor- more corporate um, roles and jobs. Um, everyone is finding it hard to get people to do the work that needs to be done.
1: Why is that?
3: I, I,
0: I don't know. I think that's the big, the big unknown. It's not like we suddenly had less people. Yes, there were a few less people travelling and uh, a few less tourists for the period over COVID, but that's bouncing back. Um, the population didn't drop or decline over that period, uh, and as in this region, it's grown significantly. But there's a shortage, you know, and I'm not sure anyone's 100% sure why that is um, Say so, well, what the solution is.
1: No, no. Oh, that's that, that's really fascinating. One more question. Um, what, what do you, what sh- if you have a crystal ball?
0: <laughs> Which I don't. No. What's
1: what 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 do you, what do you see this year coming? You know, becoming though. What, what 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 sort of you know what a hope
3: your What's hopes your for the year?
0: Uh, Look, well, I think it is going to be challenging. I think uh, as we come off summer into winter. Um, I've there's clearly quite a significant slowdown in residential construction. Um, interestingly, there seems to be quite very strong demand for kind of commercial industrial um, development and growth still. Um, but I think the comp- that inflation, um, the fact that the um, central, um, the Reserve Bank is obviously trying to slow the economy and, and a, in inverted commas, create a recession, uh, the potential for increased unemployment. I think it is going to be a challenging um, six to nine to 12 months. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, as a region, we are historically somewhat insulated from the worst impacts of downturns because of our diverse economy, the fact we're an attractive place to live, people want to continue to come and move here, and that kind of underpins. So, yeah, as a region, I'm reasonably optimistic, um, that, you know, we'll, we'll do all right by comparison, uh, but I suspect it's going to be a fairly challenging um, year ahead.
1: Right. OK. I know even council have trouble getting staff, some some of the staff oh, filled, a-
0: Absolutely. Well, yeah. all councils, um, ah. and, and again, that's one of those things, you know, so planners, all those mm. sort of people who, again, deliver services to the community, and I'm constantly getting people, you know, oh, it's taking so long to get a consent, um, we're all, you know, we already use a significant amount of consultancy because we simply can't get enough staff to fill those roles. Yep. Uh, and again, that's that's common right across the country. Um, yep. And and that provides, you know, that's frustration and cost, and you know, you obviously have to pay more to to get people, and um, that gets passed on to the people applying for the consents. So, yeah, no, it's a bloody challenging environment yeah. to be working in at the moment, uh, for us and everybody else.
1: Yeah, exactly. Look, um, I'm going to leave it there. Um, thank you for your time today. Uh, next time, I think we're going to like to talk about the RMA and the uh, reforms going yep. on around there. Yeah, cause, yep. no, good as well, um, happy to
0: do that. So yeah, just, yeah. just before I leave, oh, yeah. um, congratulations to, the, um, to Phil Smith and the people running Battle of the Bay. I understand they raise a significant amount of money for um, mental health. So it sounds like it was a really successful weekend. So well done to everyone who was involved in
1: that. Yeah, well Phil does the show before me on us on Thursday morning. So um, he's been promoting it through that, and um, he's he's an absolute champion of the of the cause. He's he's great. So yeah, thanks. No worries. Yep. All right. Thanks, Tim King. Um, appreciate your time today, and we'll give you a call. And a you know, we'll call you. Yeah, <laughs> going to go. Oh, we'll call you. Don't you call me. Thanks, <laughs> I'll, and I'll see you on. I'll see you on Monday at the um, at the meeting. You will. Yes. All good. Thanks Cheers, very much. Tim. All right. Cheers. Bye bye. There you go, Tim King, the uh, <clears throat> mayor of Taikika. I'll get it right this time. And Tasman. Um, Tasman. He's a mirataker too. Well, I thought you were the mirataker. <laughs> no, of course not. Anyway, I'm going to put Sasquatch on by Camel, and um, just go into some a um, little bit different music. This is Sasquatch. there with uh, Sasquatch. Where were they from? They are an English, English band. Okay, another English band. Another English band. Yes.
2: Right. Uh, it says R&B experts who turned to prog rock when the prog rock movement gained some momentum.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: As I suppose a lot of, uh, yeah, well, as we were discussing last week, um, you know, a lot, a lot of the prog mock prog rock musicians started off as classical musicians as kids and stuff because they, you know, they were just the experts in the field really so
1: right okay okay hey I'm going to play this um this uh, King Crimson track now it's um it's off the uh Discipline album I think um Thilla G, but here hit me. um They sing it better, they say it better um, than us. Anyway, um, this is um, 2011. Um, We've got Levin, Monstalo and Baloo. And it's a really interesting um, uh, track. They've actually got um, two two drummers on percussion and um, um, two... Bass players. Bass players. One five string, one four string. So yeah, a little bit unusual. Um, This is this is kind of. uh, I see they've
2: changed the name from King Crimson to the Crimson Project. Yes. With a KC in the middle. Yeah.
1: I know. Um, But here we go. This is um, yeah. This is uh, a great lineup of them. Anyway. This is live.
5: There you go well,
2: that was tighter than trying yep. to get money out of the government for infrastructure, wasn't it? <laughs> <Well> put, <Carl.
1: laughs> yep, King Crimson at their best. Well, no, the Crimson Project, so obviously, um, without without, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure
2: they detuned those guitars there, they sounded very atonal, right? To, uh, in key, but slightly atonal. Fantastic had, sound.
1: I want to play this other one now. And this is this is um, the Robert Fripp String Quintet, and this is a song called Hope because we were going to do a show called Hope, and I wanted to segue it in. Oh, yeah, oh, it's brilliant. And um, again, this is this is a couple of sticks um, and a couple of um, guitars, and I think. Um, maybe uh, acoustic guitars yeah there's three acoustic guitars in this yeah um ovations in fact
2: (laughs) which which is really interesting as you mentioned was of course missing from that last track yeah usual member of king crimson
1: yeah so this is the this is robert fripp doing something completely different with another bunch of guys so this is where he was in the last one (laughs) so um, this is called hope I thought you'd appreciate that one, but
2: Carl. It's very cool. Three, track, three tracks inside one. Yeah, one yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And for those um, guitar aficionados out there, the delay between the note action, pluck, pick, hammer, vibretto, and the sound, this is due to a delay needed to synthesise the sounds through a sound processor. The style of playing is very challenging as you have to anticipate when the sound will arrive in relation to the other instruments and the processing time. Technically admirable, Robert Fripp pioneered the style of playing and use and development of the necessary systems.
2: Yes, so it's a bit like anything in life where, you, in that example, you have to be so competent at what you're doing that you can actually concentrate on listening to the other musicians around you rather than be so focused on yourself, which is about as far as I ever got,
3: to be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to stay on a similar theme, and... Um, no, that was just such a haunting beautiful piece of music and um just in case you you were interested as well um the ter- uh trey gunn was the guy doing the lead there with the um stick the yeah, chapman stick um and um paul Richards of the California guitar trio, which was three ovations doing their thing with Robert Fripp. Yeah. So yeah, they did a few was, tours but yeah. nothing nothing huge and they never really came to much. But I think you just they had, would to have had be a
2: there. very select audience there, oh, but yeah, the, sure. as I saying, those three guys playing the ovations at the start there, that, the equivalent what you're hearing is like an eighteen string guitar basically. Yeah. With the as as they said, tying in the vibrato and everything. Very cool, Grant, very
1: cool. Oh, look, I can find some gems when I need to. We've got a gem coming up. I'm going to be talking to... Um, uh, Sherry Chubb uh, soon about the uh, about the holes in the ground between here and Apatakika. We'll talk a bit more about why they're there and who's digging them and why they're digging them. Now okay.
2: they know how many holes it takes to fill the Albert Hall.
1: Yeah, <laughs> OK. Here's um, Enigma, the River of Belief.
4: Silence covered the sky.
2: Yeah, Michael Cretu, Enigma. So he was a German Romanian music producer who produced hits for his pop hits for his wife Sandra when their relationship broke up he got into making world beat music. Oh, really? Interesting, interesting guy.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um Okay, so um that leads me, no it doesn't lead me at all. But <laughs> how can we segue
2: in, into this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, it's, it's now, uh, 8.35, 25 minutes to 9 on Fresh Start Friday with Carl. Great. And, um, on the line this morning, um, we have, um... Uh, sherry chubb who has um joined us to talk to us a little bit about what's been going on why these holes are being popping up all over the um uh valley in takaka um meter deep holes and there's over a hundred of them these soil pits excavated in the takaka valley paddocks last month and it's a hydro hydrogeological study aiming to quantify the risk of nutrient loss from farmland and thus inform decisions around fertilizer regimes, stock densities and grazing patterns. And um yeah, welcome to the show, Sherry. Good, good morning. Thank you.
5: Good to um, be here. Can yeah. I just quickly say there's not hundreds of holes round the bay. If people are driving around looking to see where all these hundreds of holes are, they just
3: So
5: Doug and the scientists is then the whole having a look at them and then they sold back in again. I can't believe how quickly you cannot tell where those um, spots were. Wow! Uh, yep. Yeah. So they're been and gone. It's a bit of an enigma. Maybe your music was a good ah. lead in because it's funny. <laughs> That's where That's the, the segue. segue. Well yeah. done, true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Um, so, so um, who, how how did this come about? Do you know?
5: Oh, I don't know. Um, so it's a really neat collaboration. As you'll. No, where um, the Taka Valley is uh, at the moment going through a court process trying to decide whether a water conservation order should be on Pupu Springs. Ty Waikora Pupu Springs, forgive me. Um, And through that process, um, dairy farmers have realised that actually we need to be proactive in understanding what our contribution to nutrient loss is. Um, and we supported the, the dairy farmers We're all Fonterra suppliers And Fonterra have a sustainability team An environmental team that um, are working um, towards uh, You know, with our farm environment plans and it, it was just one of those fortuitous things The right people had the right conversations going Actually, we're doing something really interesting in Scotland Where they've had some water quality issues I wonder whether that would fit with what you guys are going through in Tarkica. Um and some diverse conversations and a little bit of, oh, actually, we think this is a really good um, thing to support. So Fonterra have um, worked with um, the scientists and the, um, the team that does this work previously. Um, and so it's a collaboration between Fonterra the scientists and the farmers Pretty much like a pilot scheme, um, it's still this technology is still finding its way a little bit. So, um, and Fonterra finding their way a little bit, and these, um, you know, and and exploring some of the uh, the ways that they can put resources towards helping farmers understand what their risks are. So, um, we were we were more than happy to say we'll be a test case. We're we're happy to work alongside and. um, and see what we can find out, and it's
1: it's really interesting stuff. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a per, you're a perfect test case because of the um, conservation order. I suppose that's that's probably the, the biggest one. And um, who's who's paying for it, by the way? Is it Fonterra?
5: Fonterra uh subsidising it. Mm-hmm. it, yeah. And and and
1: and, do you think? And and um, wh- what are the results? Have we got any idea what they're likely to be, or uh,
5: no? Um, f- Initial feed, so if I, do you want me to, I'll just give you a quick talk through the yep. process so that you can understand where we're up in the, in, in the process, is that the team has been in the bay, well, they've left now, but they were here for about a month. They have a, um, a resistivity meter, which basically just picks up the radioactive, the microscopic radioactive um, signals that the the rock and the soil um, Release and different components release different amounts of um, tiny little um, radioactive signals, and so it's really interpreting the signal. So what they've done is they strap this fancy machine to a quad bike, and they drive grids over all the paddocks, get, taking massive amounts of data in. Then it gets an initial kind of um, you know lock at by the scientist who goes, "Okay, I and that's." Done prior work looking at the maps, um, what existing soil maps and geological maps are available. Um, so they have a, you know, they're, start, they're not starting from, you know, from from a stop position. They've got a reasonable idea what they're looking for. Um, they look at the initial information that's come in. Then the scientist goes, Ah, right. I think I think that's a really interesting point. I need to check that. I'm a bit and you know that this isn't making sense to me this point here. And he'll go through and he'll, on each farm, you know, highlight two or three or four spots where he goes. I actually just really need to have a look and and just make sure that what I think I'm seeing is what I'm actually seeing, or to resolve, you know, um, a conflict if he's going, oh, you know, it could be this or it could be that.
1: Wow. So, okay.
5: So that's how he comes by picking the spots. So they've done that process, dug the hole. Now, what he has to do is take all his information away um, and he's got a, um, a a tech guru that's really good with data they will write because there's huge amounts of information, so they run it um, through their programs um, and and ultimately, what they will come up with is a is a really graphic um, easy to interpret map for farmers to be you know nicely color coded and you can um, see quite clearly what um, what the differences on your farm are. But the next step is that he he brings his, he will form a, um, um, a a bit of a rough idea on what he thinks your farm looks like. Bring that back and just talk through it with farmers because we know that over time um, we have a you know when you're on the land for a long time you you, you know. The way that your, your ground behaves um, Which are the soggy corners Which are the, the ones that drain really freely Or um, or where old earthworks might have happened in the past Or where different management practices I don't know if you remember way back in the old days When the dairy factory um, made the butter And we had a lot of whey as a surplus waste product And yep. it, was sh- it was spread out on farmland So like on our farm for existence We know there are some paddocks that had whey And some paddocks that didn't so um i'm not sure that there will be any you know i would wouldn't think that there would be any um, residue um, yeah you you'd be able to see that now but but those are just examples of mm. you know of farmer knowledge that kind of because it's just really gaining knowledge and so um then they'll take that information and um go right I think yes, that confirms what we are seeing or. Okay, that, yeah, um, whatever, so they can tweak the um, the maps and then we should end up with a really neat um, tool to be able to help us um, with our um, farming decisions, to, to do farming better.
1: So, so <coughs> a few questions. Um, did every farmer in the valley um, partake in this?
5: So this was most of the dairy farms in the recharge area and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the line for where the recharge area is is yet to be defined by the courts, but it's roughly the top end of the um, Kotinga, the top end of Hamama, or mo- actually most of Hamama, and um, part way down East Haka Road, up towards Upattaka. So there's there's a rough um, and wiggly line that goes across the valley where there's a capping layer of um, Rock that means that water is impervious to get down to the aquifer um, on the seaward side of that line, and so that's why the recharge area is just considered to be the um, the top end of the valley.
1: Right. Okay. I got it. Uh, and do you think this would um, this is a one-off?
5: Yes. Yeah. Okay. But, but we're we're in the process. I don't know what we 're not sure what um, what might um, come from this, you know mm-hmm. like if, if if the information comes back and says okay, so this is you know this is a curious finding we 've got or you know th- these are some really interesting points because I know what they 've done uh, um, listening to what the guys have said have happened in southland there 's been it's um, the knowledge then kind of informs. Sometimes the next steps. So he said that there's been places where they've gone. Okay, this looks like a really ideal spot for a wetland, for example, because that you know that was um, an issue that they had um, in Southland. The you know the, every catchment has slightly different you know <clears throat> um, things that they're working on. It might be that you know that there are, are things that are identified that you go actually. That's really interesting. We need to investigate how we work through, um, you know, whatever the findings might be. And whether that's farmer by farmer or catchment-wide stuff, we're not sure at the moment. We're just um, gratefully accepting some really good, um, interesting science to help us um, understand, yeah, what... Yep. what I, we're doing.
1: I believe there's a huge variety of soils up the valley, and I was I was surprised at that because I always thought it was just nice, thick, rich, loamy soil. And um, yet, yeah, yeah, there's perhaps I know out my way in Pulu we have parkahe. Um, yep. I imagine there's a bit of pakahī up that way too, up Cochinaway. Absolutely, Kötuna there way. is. Yep, yep, yep. So, so it's a huge variety of stuff, and oxygen comes into it as well. Um, how much oxygen is around for for leaching of, of nitrates?
5: Yes, the whole nitrification. The, the nitrogen's like nitrogen's one of those elements that um, is very water soluble. So, as a proxy for understanding nitrogen, the the risk of leaching your nitrogen is understanding the water pathways um, through over your farm and through your soils. So. Um, the the oxygen um, and you'll forgive me but it's to do with the I'm just trying to think it, it's to do with the nitrification or denitrification process, and i yeah, how bac- much oxygen there is in um, yeah,
1: has an effect on the bacterial um denitrification. Right. are you
5: reading directly from the article oh man?
1: just a, just <laughs> there's a few words here that I can ha- help you with, yeah <laughs> um yeah, so I thought that was actually interesting um oh, in wet soils yeah. the oxygen oxygen penetration reduces by a ten thousand fold it says here, so um you know I thought that was interesting are you there.
5: Yeah, I am, Oh, yes. right. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I didn't yeah. think that was a question. No, no, sorry.
1: Um, <laughs> so it's going to be a three-dimensional topographical map w- created by this, um, yeah. and I think that's really exciting, and um, maybe it's probably just as important to do it up the Ariri Valley eventually and other farms in, in the region, even if they don't feed the aquifer. Yeah, so one
5: of the things to remember is that with the, where we're at with the water conservation order and the water quality, we are at the very most pristine end of, like, the water quality at Poo Springs far exceeds, um, anything, and like, it, it's off the chart good. Yep. And so, uh, it, one of the things that the country's struggling with a little bit in, in the bigger water quality issue, um, thing is, there is a lack of resources to do everything to the extreme degree so I think that's one of the challenges that the country's got going forward is going right do we need every catchment to be at the same level? Not necessarily do we, you know what resources have we got? How do we identify which catchments and which areas really need um, more focus than others and so yes it would ideally and a you would think that everybody having access to that information would be really good. And we might get there in in the long term. But I'm not sure, you know, being for Buck, whether um, aspiring to everybody having... Um, that, You know, because it is reasonably labour-intensive and it's not a, a cheap process to do. So I don't know. As technology goes forward and there might be... Um, more efficient ways of gathering the data and, mm. you know, because a lot of it's quite digital. So, um, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, maybe there's a nice thin probe you can you can sort of push into the ground and find out the same information rather than digging an actual hole.
5: Yeah, well, you know, I know and, the, the scientist said that you can get similar sorts of information by flying a drone, you know, a, a specialised drone. But he said the further away you get from the ground, the, the less... Um, accuracy you get and so mm. the the driving over the ground is actually um, they've picked the the type of informa- the type of um, uh, quality of data that they're looking for yep um, not too much not too little they're just they just looking for the Goldilocks zone of what they think is going to be really useful to inform what they need to
1: yeah oh it's so exciting to be to be right on the cutting edge of this technology and right on the cutting edge of of doing something that's really proactive and um you know it it gives the farmers probably a good um a uh, good case for saying, hey, look, you know, we are trying our best to make this make this work oh, with... And, and I always knew you were, don't get me wrong, yeah, and yeah. a lot of people do support farming, um, that the farmers, they, you don't want to wreck them. You know, I know oh, that. No,
5: and, and,
1: and it's just making it even more fine-tuned, right?
5: Absolutely. And, uh, look, another really cool thing is, regardless of what the findings come out with, c- consolidating the value of... of understanding that we're part of a catchment and a wider environment is is a really neat process. Mm. Um, And so, because often often days, you know, back in the day, farming was quite siloed, and you you kind of did your thing on your farm and your neighbour did his thing on his farm and so on, and now we're actually kind of going, well, okay, but the effects that we have sometimes ripple a little bit further than our boundary fence. And so it's actually kind of un- broadening our awareness of um, where we are spatially and and thinking um, more about the the underlying geology because we just we've spend all our lives scooting around on the surface, but it's not until you you know you're prompted for a particular reason to think actually what's going on under my feet at a slightly deeper level um and I think this, this process has been really good and um and our farmers actually expanding uh their view on things.
1: Yeah, that is fantastic. Look, I really appreciate your um, amazing knowledge of what you've and 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 what you've shared today because you know it is really important that we that we move forward and and thank you um for giving our listeners an understanding of this um <clears throat> and we've got people for, listening from as far as Blenheim hopefully even further but um farms all across the top of the south and, and all across New Zealand it's it's probably coming isn't it that that we start looking at this so I, thank it you for is. yeah exactly it absolutely already is. Yeah. So thank you for the pilot scheme and then for for doing your thing and um, f- for your time today. I appreciate you um, rushing off. You might need to go and have a shower now after milking, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. have Thanks some breakfast. So. Thank you very much, Um <clears> That um, yeah, was Cherry Chubb there with uh, yeah some fantastic um, knowledge and information about what's yeah, going on. Yeah, that was on. really interesting. Yeah. I I found it very interesting. Yeah, I'm pleased you <clears throat> did too, Carl. Yeah, um, front
2: page of the weekly. Fill yourselves in when you go to your letterbox
1: yes so um, here's the dream is always the same from uh, tangerine dream again <sighs> yeah it's uh, 8 minutes to 8 9 we're here until 9 so um, just be aware of that one more song maybe the same the dream is over yeah that's tangerine dream yeah it's been been a been a bit of uh
2: german action
1: today so it's quite yeah you've been listening to fresh start friday with grant and And carl Carl. and um we're we're sponsored by the gb weekly so we've um yeah read that article on the front page of the weekly it's um pretty interesting didn't get to ralph Lunston, i'm sorry about that carl do apologize but hey he can wait he can wait Yeah, yeah yeah good old ralph um in and his to All-Stars. And, um,
5: yeah, um,
1: thanks very much to Tim King, who who uh, managed to call in this morning, uh, busy as he is. And uh, you can hear our podcast on Wednesday. Um, next Wednesday you can hear this again, um, or you can hear the podcast. We are up as a podcast. Uh, yeah.
2: Anywhere yeah. in the universe.
1: Yeah. And thanks again to Cherry, who... Um, um, Explained a lot of things in good layman terms and, um, yeah, yeah, fantastic. And, uh, yeah, have a safe weekend. It's going to be sunny um, across the top of the south, um, Saturday and Sunday, and um, make the most of your life. So Enjoy us. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy It does it sound it
2: like the last warm weekend of summer, doesn't it? but but how do you know tenus. it's the last one though Carl? well we, we don't but it's the temperatures are slowly, you make the most of, yeah. slowly dropping it's they look saving, cool coming, of it saving will be coming
1: coming to an end soon too yeah so um get out there and have fun and support your locals, and um, you know, go fishing and swimming and all those things that you like to do. Yeah. And party hard. Do and it for enjoy yourself. Life. Yeah. Exactly. And until next week, um, we'll be uh, same time, same channel, same place um, on Fresh Start Friday. And um, good day to you um, from Friday, and good day to you from Wednesday. Yes. Be <laughs> kind. <laughs> and always remember.
4: That's- Give everyone